Welcome to the Micromobility Update from September 15, 2022. I'm Hans Dorsch. Today, the owner of Patagonia gave away his outdoor company to the Earth. How this works, I'll tell you in a moment. German Manager Magazine tells us what's next for Porsche and e-bikes and Micromobility America is starting in San Francisco. This is what happened in the world of Micromobility. You probably know Patagonia. I think a few of you like to be outdoors too, those outdoorsy types. Then you might also have a down jacket or a sleeping bag by the brand. So today there was an article in the New York Times with the title Billionaire No More. Patagonia founder gives away the company. Okay, billionaires giving things away? You have to be suspicious. That's why the article starts with this. The unusual move comes at a moment of growing scrutiny for billionaires and corporations whose rhetoric about making the world a better place is often overshadowed by their contributions to the very problems they claim to want to solve. And then the article goes into more detail and on the fact that Yvonne Chouinard, the owner of Patagonia, actually didn't want to become a billionaire. And that he wanted to make the best of capitalism. Patagonia has always been interested in sustainability. For example, back in the 1990s, they already wanted to use only organic cotton, but there wasn't that much back then. Fleece jumpers have been made from recycled plastic bottles, though. The New York Times writes... The company was an early adopter of everything from organic cotton to on-site childcare and famously discouraged customers from buying its products with an advertisement on Black Friday in the New York Times that read Don't buy this jacket. End quote. The company has also long donated 1% of its revenue mostly to environmental activists. It also had a special corporate form for over 10 years. Quoting from Wikipedia, In 2011, Patagonia became California's first benefit corporation. This is a corporate form that aims to make the public good and private sector benefits more compatible. Now, after 50 years, Shuina and his wife have been looking for a way to put the money their family's business has made to work for the planet. That's $3 billion. And on top of that, the annual profit, which is about $100 million at the moment. There were several options. Number one, they could have gone public. That's what Doug Tompkins, the founder of Esprit and the North Face, did. But Shuina doesn't trust the stock market and fears that for a publicly traded company's employee welfare and climate action funding won't necessarily be a priority. He said, quote, I don't respect the stock market at all. Once you're public, you've lost control over the company and you have to maximize profits for the shareholder. And then you become one of these irresponsible companies. End quote. Number two, they could have left the company to the children. But the children didn't want them to. The article quotes Ryan Geller, the CEO of Patagonia. 
It was important to them that they were not seen as the financial beneficiaries, Mr. Gellert said. They felt very strongly about it. I know it can sound flippant, but they really embody this notion that every billionaire is a policy failure. End quote. There were a few other possibilities, for example, selling part or all of the company, turning it into a cooperative with the employees as owners, or making the company into a non-profit organization. But all those options weren't really that good, so this is what they came up with. I quote from the website. 100% of the voting shares of the company go to the Patagonia Purpose Trust. Its board members are committed to protecting Patagonia's corporate values. We are in the business to save our home planet. 100% of the non-voting shares go to the Holdfast Collective, a non-profit organization that works to combat the environmental and climate crisis and protect nature. The funds for this come from Patagonia. Every year, The entire profit, the money we generate beyond reinvestment in the company, is distributed as a dividend to the Holdfast Collective to help find the environmental crisis. End quote. On the website, Schuina therefore also writes, as of now, the Earth is our only shareholder. And what about the family? The New York Times write, While the children remain on Patagonia's payroll and the elder Chouinards have enough to live comfortably on, the company will no longer be distributing any profits to the family, end quote. And that's where some experts see problems, quote. What makes capitalism so successful is that there's motivation to succeed, said Ted Clark, executive director of the Northeastern University Center for Family Business. If you take away all the financial incentives, the family will essentially have no more interest in it except a longing for the good old days. Let's see how this turns out in this case. In the article, Shuina also says, Hopefully this will influence a new form of capitalism that doesn't end up with a few rich people and a bunch of poor people. End quote. And Twitter reacts to that. Socialism for All says, no, that's just how capitalism is. Another one, your new daddy, writes, earlier today I made the comment that I'd be more impressed by turning him the company over to the workers, citing the sustenance for thousands of families, possibly generations, would provide more good than funding green capitalism research grants. And I was told I was just bitter. Climate scientist Peter Kalmus writes, Imagine if every billionaire did this. It would be the end of capitalism. Also, I bet it feels fantastic. Those billions have got to be chains weighed down the soul. And most billionaires don't even realize it. They become addicted instead. There are studies that show that after a certain level of wealth, the empathy center in the brain shrinks, so it can be really helpful not to have too much of it. What impresses me is that the children don't want to be rich heirs. Now back to micromobility and to Germany.
I subscribed to a trial of the German manager magazine today just to read this article. It's called How Porsche Wants to Shake Up the Bicycle Market. I already reported on the 2nd of August that Porsche has made a sweeping move into the e-bike business with a takeover, a majority shareholding and two new subsidiaries that they run together with Pond Holding. Now Porsche is going public and that's why Anna Driftschröer is getting in a little bit deeper. As I said, the article is behind the paywall, but I can quote a few things. Since September 1st, Porsche boss Oliver Blume has also been VW boss and he seems to have big plans. Driftschröer writes, quote, Now Blume is shifting up a gear in keeping with the upcoming IPO of Porsche AG. He's attacking the bicycle market. And what sounds like a well-sounding chapter for the sustainability report is causing considerable unrest in the industry. The sports car manufacturer, so the fear goes, could become a real game changer. End quote. Why? Well, the market is booming. New players like Van Moe for Cowboy are attracting attention with large investment rounds. Pond's main competitor, the Axel Group, with a turnover of 1.5 billion euro, has just been taken over by a financial investor. In Germany, for example, it owns Vinora and Highbike. And in the, in the Netherlands, Butterfuss, Babu and Sparta. And Kenyon, the direct mail order company, has also gone to a large investor. Driftschröer writes that Porsche earned 5.3 billion euros operationally in 2021. If they wanted to, they could really shake up the bicycle market with that. Some may have noticed that Porsche have been running the Bugatti brand in a joint venture since 2021, together with Mate Rimac and his company Rimac from Croatia. He also has an e-bike brand, it's called Greip Bikes with quite a lot of self-developed technology and connectivity. And this is interesting. I quote again. When he received an external takeover bid for Greipbikes last year, Blume and his CFO Meschke sensed an opportunity. Why not use the existing preemptive ride and use Remark software and its battery technology to power bicycles in the future? End quote. What other car manufacturers and Porsche have done with bicycles so far was no more than batch engineering. In other words, they put their own logo on off-the-shelf bicycles and sold them as a bonus to car customers. Porsche was probably a bit more committed, but they also had others build them. But now they have taken over Fatsua, a drive manufacturer, and have also set up a joint venture with Pond to produce their own motors and e-bikes. I quote again, From 2025 onwards, Becker and Fallenschmidt want to bring the first real Porsche e-bikes onto the market. And there is talk of as many as seven different models. Compared to the ranges of other manufacturers, that would be the feared major offensive. Or the more so if PON, with its 16,000 employees and 8.1 billion euros in sales, opens its channels to the specialized trade and makes its sales machinery available to the car maker. End quote. 
In the article, Ulf Christian Blume from Management Consultancy 5311 also has its say. Porsche, unlike other car manufacturers, is doing the only right and consistent thing, says Ulf Christian Blume, who also accompanies sales in the industry. They are procuring a drive manufacturer and an e-bike manufacturer. And Porsche itself is also in on it. The design of the future bike comes from the studio FA Porsche. Development expertise is contributed by the engineering service provider Porsche Engineering. And the car maker itself is also responsible for purchasing. End quote. You can find the link to the whole article in the show notes. Over to the US. Micromobility America starts today. I'm not there, but maybe some of you are. In that case, I wish you a lot of fun. As usual, the whole thing is super organized and the list of partners and agenda reads great. By the time you hear this, the event has probably already started, so I'm hopelessly behind. Here are a couple of anticipation tweets. Katja Fehrenbacher writes, I'm looking forward to talking to Libby Schaaf to kick off MM America this Thursday. What questions would you like to hear her answer about mobility, transport and micromobility? Tweet me your questions or ask her in person. It's a little late for that now, but I'm sure you'll be able to see the interview on video soon. Libby Schaaf is the mayor of Oakland, by the way. Manuel Seis says... So ready to rock and roll. The agenda sounds exciting, even for tech nerds like me. By the time you hear this, David Hansen at Right Review will have probably already introduced a self-steering e-bike, the wheel, spelled W-E-E-L. And the rest of the agenda reads well, too. I'll try to get the most interesting stuff together by the next show. I reckon there will be videos online as well by then. And that's it for today. We'll hear again in the next episode. And once again, as a reminder, like and subscribe. Give the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.